I want to go through Psalm 16 today. Been trying to put my messages within this reading program that I've been handing out. And uh, one of the things that stands out to me in the Psalms is that there's a lot of emotional passion that comes out in the writing. That, uh, you know, like, oh God, save me. <laughs> you know, help. Um, it's things that generally get trained out of us in our writing or in our speech. You know, who would be that open with someone else? To, you know, you know or then we just go, well, what an emotional basket case. You know, there's a judgment that's easy to plop on right away. And yet, you read this and you realize, well, maybe we've just gotten too uh, snooty for our own good, that there are times when these things need expression. And I find when I'm reading through the Psalms, often it's dealing with core things that, that you know, I don't necessarily feel comfortable speaking. And yet, you're going, this is really important. Now, for me, I grew up in northern Minnesota, and so a lot of that's just trained out of us, right? It's too cold to move. No. <laughs> it's just like when, you know, we've, at times we've talked about video, and I'm going, it'd be a talking head because <laughs> for me, this is a big motion. <laughs> and a step to the left or a step to the right, woo, get scary, you know. <laughs> you know how it is. <laughs> You've dealt with it for years, but, you know, it's... This, this shows a way of life that gives expression to everything. And so when we, when we start into it, it says, Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. Three different times uh, the ESV uses this term safe or safety in this particular psalm. I'm working out of the NIV, but the ESV uses it in verse 1, verse 5, and verse 9. But the, the, there's a theme connected with this. Lord, you can protect my life. You can build a hedge around me that keeps me safe. You can uh, you know, watch over me and preserve me. And, and so, you know, this calling out, and, you know, there's a temptation sometimes, I'm safe. <laughs> yeah, really? You know, what, do you acknowledge your fears or just deny that you have them? You know, there's, uh, there's anxieties that all of us wrestle through, different issues for different ones, different levels, but virtually every day there are things that bring a, a measure of tension and we're going, how do I deal with this? How do I get through this? And, and in a sense, this calling out, keep me safe, Lord. It's like, help me deal with these things that give me pause and make me wonder, am I going to be okay? In, in some cases, too, it's like, Lord, my guilt, how, how there's something innate in us that says, I've done wrong, and, and I, I deserve punishment. And only the hope in the Lord of that forgiveness is that set aside. 
you know, daily where we're walking through that, you know, forgive us our trespasses and we forgive those who trespass against us. You know, there's this knowledge if I'm able to release others, I will be released. And that's a wonderful thing. To set the day aside and say, that's history. He, he releases me even though I came to him the day before with the same issue and the day before that. Or sometimes it's keep me safe in the uncontrollable imperfect that I live with. We're not everything, it's just it doesn't, it doesn't go quite the way that I think it should. My wife, bless her soul, has to put up with me when the spatula isn't where I put it. Because there's something in me that that will ruin my day in my life if I let it. You know, well, that's a, that's a moment of imperfect, and yet somehow, God, I'm thankful that I live with her. I'm thankful that I have that because in some ways she shows me it's not that big a deal. Don't take that as a release. No, but you know what I'm saying? You, you get into these things where you, you can get wound up over the littlest detail. It's imperfect, and yet there's something in us that cries out for the perfect. There's something from the creation of time that knows there's a best way. And when we face those tensions in life, it, it can unravel the moment, and yet, where do we find a release for this? And where do we find a, a place of being able to say, it's okay? Where God has things under control. And he's directing the course of life. And he can control the uncontrollable that we see. I, I look at things and I'm going, keep me safe in my relationships. You know, body, soul, mind, and spirit. In every facet. Keep me safe emotionally. It's, not, it's, it's way beyond physical, keep me safe physically. It's, you know, keep me safe mentally. Keep me safe in spirit with the people that I'm interacting with. When I, then you can get into just this physical life, and you're going, keep me safe from injury. Keep me safe from disease. Keep me safe from <laughs> la da 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 you know? Sickness, all my nourishment, sleep, you know, all of it. Lord, even with this physical body, allow my mind to stay sharp. Allow the organs to work like they're supposed to. Keep my bones in place. You know, it just, there's lots of questions. And we recognize the temporalness of who we are. And it's like, I can trust him with this. 
But it, it goes further because it's like at some level, all of us are looking toward death and there's this awareness of frailty or temporalness. And yet inside of us, there's the light of eternity as well and this knowledge that there's more. And so how am I going to pass through that? How am I going to get to that moment and beyond? And so we, we wrestle with those issues all through life. And, and we struggle with how, how is this going to be? And the psalmist is able to call out and just say, keep me safe. In you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you I have no good thing. And basically he says, you're God and I'm all in in this thing. That's what happens when I move around. He's, he's acknowledging, you're the one who has charge and control of all things. I embrace that. I step into it. It gives me a, 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 a sense of direction and, and, and sustenance, so to speak, where I know that he controls it and, and cares for me. It's interesting, a book of James talks about every good and perfect gift coming down from the Father of lights. I didn't pick this up until I was looking at commentaries connected with it. He goes on to say in the next verse, and it's, it's not a disconnect, but actually it's a really beautiful thing. He brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, in a sense, it's a reference to new life that he's brought to us, this good gift of new life. He has just gotten done talking about sin giving birth to death. And now he draws the other extreme and says, through Christ, the good gift that's given to you is new life in him. This hope of eternity, this setting of things right, this releasing from our sins, this entering into safety, so to speak. Verse 3, I will say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. So he's saying, you know, I've, I've entered into this, but I also recognize that the community of others that have entered into this as well is amazing and wonderful. Incredible to be connected that way. And then he goes on, For those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I'll not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. He says, I'm not getting caught up in that other way of life. So the question then becomes, you know, okay, what, you know, He's made the declaration about the holy people and about those who aren't. And he's, he's going, I'm going to live with this, other, with this group, with those who pursue God. And, and so the question then becomes, what lines do we draw so that, in a sense, we become acknowledged as a holy camp, so to speak? What, how do we evaluate the things of life and say, this is really worthwhile and this isn't? 
this is good and this isn't. You know, that's, it's, it, it, it's essential that we wrestle through issues like this and allow God to speak to our hearts. And quite honestly, there are times when things are right or wrong for me that aren't the same for you. You might have a complete peace about something, and it might be fitting with the Scripture. And for me, it's like, I can't do that. It's not the way I live. It's not putting that on each other as much as coming to terms with, how is the Scripture challenged this thing? And what, what responsibility or latitude do we have in it? And then what has God spoken to our hearts individually? so that we can have a confidence about what we're doing. Sometimes we say, I'm just not going to go there. You know? It's fine with you. You may have complete peace, but for me, I'm not going down that road. Just not going to do it. (laughs) I was reading about vaping this week. I'm not going there. <laughs> it's this particular verse, you know, we're not used to having idols or other gods, and so maybe it's easier for us to look at it and say, well, what things do we get caught up in worship? Well, then it's, well, what's worship? You know, I, I don't, you know. Maybe if you say the things that I that I devote my time and my energy to are the things that I'm involved in in regard to worship. The things that I revere, the things that I honor, the things that I respect, the things that I adore, it's the things that consume our thought. What are those things? That, in a sense, probably is as close to this thing of worship that, uh, that we could do. Okay? And so, if that's if that's one of those things we look at and we say, okay, where are my time and energies being spent? Where, where do I put my resources? And has this become a thing that's actually a distraction from my relationship with God? Or is it something that is completely with his embracing and he's going, go for it? You know, there are times when, for me, I'm, I'm looking at some things that I'll get caught up in, in, in the, this desire to learn and to try and to do, and I'm going, uh, you know, I'm just this jittery, let's get it done, you know, and, it, and, and then there's this moment of, is God in this, or is this just really dumb? And I don't always know. This week I tried pine tea, because I got to try it, and I heard about it, and it's, you know, don't do balsam. I read that afterwards. Little sidelight. You know, I heard people talking about it for years. And it, if you hang out with Ben Balzer too long, it just, you know, you're going to get the stuff, right? Micah, you know, and I'm going, I, I haven't tried this yet. And I'm living in the UP. You know, I got pine trees all over the place. And so I go online. You know, I got to research it first, right? Higher in vitamin C than orange juice? Yeah, didn't know that, did you? <laughs> High in vitamin A, 
good for your eyes and your skin. You drink the wrong stuff, it'll give you dizziness. Or uh, It's not recommended for pregnant women, but uh, I'm safe, you know. <laughs> so go for, you know. Well, I get into these things, and it's like, oh, God, forgive me, because, you know, that can chew up a lot of time. And yet, there are moments, too, I'm not saying regarding pine tea, where it's just like, I'm the one that wired you this way, and I'm pretty happy to see you chasing these things. For each of us, it's different. You know, you might be a carpenter, and you just love when you see the end of that project and, and the beauty of it. And, and God's also going, nice, pretty creative there. You might be into something with software, and, and you go, i got to figure this out. I, it, you know, I've been around you techno guys enough, you know. I push this button, I'll get this, and I get that, you know. Okay, just show me when it's done. But it's, it's got you, and, it, and, and there's something in the Lord at times where he's going, yeah, I worried you that way. It's lovely. So we, you know, we, we look at these things, and he's saying, let's, let's turn our energy wholeheartedly into the Lord. Lord, verse 5, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. We don't often talk about portion and cup. And I, I've looked at that, and I, there's a vague awareness of what it means, but I think I have an illustration for that now. When you go into a restaurant and you order something, they bring you your portion and something to drink, Right? And hopefully it's enough and it tastes good and it's presented nice. You know, all of that. He's saying, Lord, you're the one that nourishes me. You're the one that sets the table and puts it there for me so that I come away nourished, satisfied, secure in you. He says, you're my portion in my cup. It's almost as if in this moment, he's declaring, Lord, you're like the wait staff. You bring this meal out to me, and, and I'm amazed. I'm amazed at what you're doing in my life. I'm grateful the way that you set the table, so to speak. Put the dish out there. In Numbers... God told the Levites, he says, uh, I'm your portion. You're not getting a regular inheritance of the land. It's not going to be about what you do and what you strive and accomplish. You're not even getting the, the, the general embraced plot of land that you can, that you can develop but he says, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to be your provision. And so we, we look at that, and yet in, in Peter it goes, you are a, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, peculiar people belonging to God. You might bring forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So in some ways, there's this, this step even past the Psalms where he's going, your inheritance is me. Your nourishment and portion is like, I'm going to feed you from my hand. Verse 6. So with this inheritance, he still says, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. It's interesting that when they were deciding who got what land, they would cast lots and they would decide things that way. And in some ways, he's going, things landed very well for me. I got, I got just what I was hoping for. You know, it's, it's like, <laughs> it's like you know, Christmas time and you, you have these exchanges, but nobody knows what's in the package. <laughs> and you open up and you go, or you're going, this is, this is great. I use this. You know, the white elephant thing. But it, it's, he's, he's going, you've, you've put my life in a place that really works. And I'm grateful for what you've done. What stirs me kind of in this too is that as I walk through this, I'm going, am I living my life in gratitude and thankfulness? Or am I constantly looking beyond the borders and boundaries for something different? And there, there are times to dream and, and have vision for other things, but there are also times to acknowledge God is good even today. And what he's doing now is worth rejoicing over. Seven, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I look at this nighttime prayer as being the deepest, most personal thoughts that we have can kind of come out in that dark moment where we're not talking to anyone else, we're not seeing anyone else, we're not distracted by anything else, and there are thoughts that come to the surface that don't normally get there. You know, we're used to pushing them down during the day, we're used to being distracted, we're used to just avoiding. But there are times when you're laying there and you can't escape it. And shouldn't. But it's, there's an opportunity to process those thoughts in the Lord. And it's a beautiful thing to be able to say, my deepest thoughts, he, he embraces and accepts. There are times I'm going, I'm mad about this. And then I'm going, I'm sorry, I said I'm mad. And I'm going, but the psalmist said he was mad about this. You know, different. And those things come out. You know, you're used to keeping a lid on. And then it's out there in the open, and yet God's going, I made you. I'm well aware of what you think. Wired you for this. Have a way to see you through it. 
and we start walking through and, and building that confidence in Him. He says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With Him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. I have someone to assist my life. Someone's looking out for me. He says, God is giving oversight. And it's amazing. Jesus, in his final week, he had just entered Jerusalem and he makes this comment, Now my soul's troubled, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. And he's going, you know what? I can see what's ahead and it's not pleasant. What do I do, back off? Not, a, not at all. I was designed for this moment. I take great comfort in that because there are times when it's like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how we're going to do this and this. I don't know, you know. And yet there's a confidence that can say, but I wouldn't back up for anything. I wouldn't step aside. I'm, I'm getting through this. I don't know how yet. But God is, God's got my back. He, he's right there with me. I'll walk through this as well. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. So even this is pointed of Jesus and his resurrection but it's our hope as well. Because there's this frailty that says, I'm not going to get everything done in life that I dreamed about. I am not going to live indefinitely. I'm not going to be able to achieve all that I feel like I should. I'm not going to have a perfect life at the end. And yet there's this confident hope that says, He will see me even through death. What an incredible thing. My heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. I give declaration to this truth. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. I want to read two more verses that speak of Jesus' life in regard to this, because this psalm very definitely alludes to, to him I mean, it points to him, excuse me. Hebrews says, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. See, he didn't, he didn't hold back. He was calling all out. He was loudly, God, I need you. He was crying over the situation. To him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. So he, he's crying up, but he's heard. Later in that same book, it says, We look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So he said, even through this, there was a joy attached to it. 
And I guess the last thought I'd like to leave with you is that we have the right to call out to the Lord and let me see your joy through this, whatever we're walking through. Let me see the, the, the end story, so to speak, where joy is attached even to this moment. It's an incredible thing. And we need to be just, in a sense, be speaking that truth and acknowledging, I have Christ with me. I have Christ who has set my life free and is my security. I am all into this thing, and I'm going to continue to walk in that way. Praise to the Lord. You've been struggling with some of the things that I'd mentioned this morning. I would encourage you to just read through a psalm like this, maybe commit it to memory, but just immerse yourself into and allow it to bring you into a place of health, so to speak, and a confidence in the Lord. It's available to us that way as we, in a sense, just maul it over and chew on it somehow it begins to bring life to us and there are times when you're going to go I need to start declaring the good things of God when I see them and speaking them because they're a reality but also it, it changes there's something about that declaration that even changes the way we do things you know, and I, I would just encourage you that way but also now if you're in a place and you're saying I really could benefit from some prayer with someone or just to be able to talk this through, then it's easiest if you come forward, but find someone you trust and just let's chase this together and not, don't leave without facing those things and, and coming out, you know, and just, you know, health that's available to you. So I'm going to pray for blessing now. Remind you there's a meal downstairs and then the meeting. But there's plenty of time to take care of these things now. Okay? May your blessing rest on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover with joy what it is to live safely in you. I ask for each one here as they go into the community that you give them words of life to speak to others. I ask that you enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. They would be loving toward all. Gift them with a 